Amen. Mark 11, we want to say again, we're going to be praying for the Mendezes. We miss them, miss Sister Abby as well. Hold them up in prayer, Lord. Just keep them and pray that God would not only give them safety, but give them a good time as they're, uh, hallelujah, off uh, on vacation. Mark 11, verse 1. Just a few words here. I feel like I may have preached along these lines in the past, but uh, you know how God is. Hallelujah. It's never just the same way twice, but we're going to build on this a little bit. Mark 11, 1. When they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples, saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never a man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without a, in a place where two ways met, and they loose him. God bless you. You can be seated. A lot of times I hear preaching, I... Uh, I, I feel like the Bible is just so rich and so powerful that, uh, you know, we, we want to just stay with the Word of God. Amen? Get deeper into sound doctrine. Every now and then I see how something is worded. I see just a little phrase sometimes. And, and I think, you know, God, you didn't put that in your Word just, just casually. And I come across just this location where Jesus sent his disciples to find the cult that he was going to ride into Jerusalem on. Bible tells us that this would be his presentation, his fulfillment of scripture to show them that he, yes, indeed was the Messiah that would travel in on that cult and they would rejoice at his return to save them, that he would come in that eastern gate as it was prophesied. And they were so disappointed, really, that though they shouted, Hosanna, save us, they didn't realize that he came to save them from their sins before he could ever save them from the Romans. He came as a savior, not as a conquering king. And they needed his victory in their hearts before he could ever accomplish that in their nation. The Bible tells us that they found this cult in a place where two ways met. And it stirs me and gets me to thinking about the, the greater picture of what was really going on here. Because the very beast, the, the vehicle by which the Messiah would ride in triumphantly to Jerusalem, found it where two ways met. That that, that Savior that would be upon that colt, how he was, in effect, a place where two ways met. This was God and man meeting together purposely. This was, praise God, the 
Almighty God, that one God that the Bible tells us, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But yet God, that he would come and dwell in flesh among us. Hallelujah. And save us from our sins. Emmanuel, God with us. Paul wrote to Timothy, I believe 1 Timothy 3.16, talking about great is the mystery of godliness. That God was manifested in the flesh. God who is spirit. God who, who is omnipresent all places at all times. God who is omnipotent, all powerful. God who is, is everything that we would ever, the creator of everything. Here he is. Humble and lowly and riding into town on a cult where two ways met. This this Messiah that would come to the Jews was also the place where Old Testament would meet New Testament. That every prophecy of a Savior, every prophecy of a Messiah, every prophecy of a Lamb that would be slain, every prophecy of a high priest that would mediate between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, he was the place where two ways met. He was constantly bringing that Old Testament to light, constantly telling him, hey, this is what them, this is what this is really about, and that there will be a, a, a death for your sins that will be greater, amen, than the, than the lambs and the bullocks and the goats, be greater than all the, 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 the sacrifices of the Old Testament where two ways met. This was... Ultimately, where God's righteousness, God's purity, God's holiness, God's God's holiness met earth's sin. Where two ways met that God would intervene and see man. He tells us in the book of Psalms and Paul quotes it again in the book of Romans, how there is there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that seeks after God. They, they've all gone astray. That the wages of sin are, are death and that man has a price to pay that is too great for them. But the holiness of God, the righteousness of God comes and meets with the sinfulness of man to pay the price to be a redeemer. Are you hearing me tonight? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That there would be help for the sinner. That there would be strength for the weary. That what the law could not do, what the commandments could not accomplish, that Jesus, by his work on the cross, that man could cry out to God and be saved. I'm saddened today that so many people, I, I, I don't get a kick out of the fact that there are so few on this narrow path. I've seen people arrogant and feel self-righteous because they feel like they've got some kind of revelation over a lot of other people. Your heart ought to be broken. A lot of people see this way that two, this place where two ways met and this, and forget that this is still a holy God. This is still a righteous God. But he, intersects he meets with the sinfulness of man and you read his his teachings his preaching he's he is not a god that somehow all of a sudden said you know sin's not that big a deal to me anymore 
He preached against their sin. He told them, except ye repent, you'll likewise perish. He told the righteous, uh, self-righteous Pharisees that you can look at this, this uh, community, you can look at this nation and see the obvious sin and see the obvious uh, uh, filth of, uh, that's around you. But can I tell you that Sodom and Gomorrah has a better chance than you do if you don't repent of your sins? He loved the sinner. He cared for them. He, 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 he reached out to them, but he stood for righteousness. Oh, how we need to, to be filled with his spirit. You realize that we believe in a baptism of the Holy Ghost according to the word of God. We believe in an Acts 2 experience. Amen. We believe that God will pour out his spirit like he promised on, on everybody, on all flesh. We believe that that, that that power will fill you. You'll speak in other tongues. You'll be a witness. You'll be everything that God said you would be. But many times in the scriptures, when it's talking about being filled with his spirit, it's not just talking about that initial exciting day when God baptizes you in his fire. But he's also talking about being filled with his character. No longer my flesh and my will, but his will being done. We live in a day that we need to recognize that it's been been bad for for quite some time there's always been hypocrisy there's always been compromise but in the day that we live in it is reaching new heights and we have to beware that not everything that calls itself christian is lining up with the jesus of the bible i i'm not surprised so much when i hear about about evil in hollywood evil on the internet evil on in the music industry I, I heard something recently i'm sure a lot of you did maybe in the news a lot of people are talking about it that uh the recent grammy awards um a few years ago i guess uh one of my sons was talking to me about just how anti Christ, uh, the culture is becoming in America, and was explaining to me a song I, I had not heard, of course, but he told me that there is a man who's a homosexual that is singing a song that is a number one hit, playing everywhere, that talking about the church and talking about how 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 evil Christians are and how how judgmental and how how wrong they have treated and how they they'll stab you in the back every time and it went on to explain some things about it just he said dad it's uh it's just just in your face how much they hate everything about God and the church and the bible and this same individual I won't call him an artist but must have uh come out and done a some type of uh, uh of performance at the Grammys that was not only perverse and filled with lewdness and filth but was in effect a dance number that that enacted a satanic ritual and there's flames everywhere and I, I've seen maybe a second of it online and uh certainly don't need to have that taken up any real estate in my brain. And I can say that 
you know, there's there's always been filth. There's always been sacrilege. There's always been people out there pushing a satanic agenda. But the thing that really, really troubles me more than any of that, you say it's it's worse than that. Well, the fact that this this award ceremony was attended by Christian artists waiting for their Grammy to be the best Christian performer. And not only that, but some of the people that were up for some of the bands that were up are actually worship teams from some of the biggest churches in America that have cut albums and sell worship and praise music sitting through that garbage and holding on to their seat until they can get their award. And people are worshiping to this. Not stepping up and saying, you stop this. Not getting up and walking out. Not getting up on a stage after you win a a, a, a Grammy and saying, what is you doing, America? It's one thing to say that we are in this culture and we want to be salt and light and you know we are in this world but we're not of it but we're going to love people we're going to try to help but we got to stand against publicly against the 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 sins of our generation the the platform that we have to to think that that what what it once was was to come into the presence of god and and not put on a show not try to entertain people. Not try to. How how is it honoring God at all to have a, a light show and a smoke machine and and listen? We we want to come into the presence of a holy God and tell Him He's King of King and Lord of Lords. We want to humble ourselves and exalt Him. We're exalting celebrities. We're exalting uh, heroes that are supposed to be leading in worship, pointing to Jesus. I, it, it, I can't say that it surprises me so much, but, but what a sin it is to sit idly through an act of a satanic ritual and then sit there hoping I, I get my Grammy. These are the people that are touring the country and, 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 and selling out, paying money to get in churches because they have special preachers, paying admission because they have a special worship team. How far we have fallen from what it really means to be a Christian. To be like Jesus. Not talking about walking around with a judgmental attitude. And, but, but seeking those that are lost and reaching them to, to turn them to Jesus. To stand and, and be able to, to, to preach that sin is a reproach to any people. Amen. Uh, we've been blessed in this country. We have been so blessed by the freedom that we have to, to worship. But there is a, there, there is a, uh, an enemy that would come against us. Amen. We come against the church. We come against real worship. We come against the the idea of of true repentance. And there needs to be a people that say, you know what? Paul didn't have a bill of rights. 
Amen. Hey, I'm going to keep living for God. Paul didn't have, ended up in prison time and time again. He kept on living for God. Whatever we must face. You say, oh, it couldn't happen to us. Look around you and see what kind of uh, a foolishness, a kind of filthiness is, is pervading our, our day by day. And people are being desensitized to it. People are slowly just, just, uh, uh, just allowing it little by little. The idea of, uh, of being separate, being holy, being modest, being, uh, uh, sincere to God. Well, you're just some kind of, kind of freak, some kind of, uh, crazy person. Hey, I, I just, I just know my Bible and I love Jesus. I, I feel like He's got a plan for my life and I want to, I want to let Him be Lord of my life. Where two ways met. Jesus really was that place where two ways met. God's holiness, heaven's righteousness, meeting earth's sinfulness and need. Amen. That, that, that call for repentance, that call for salvation was made. But never, never once, like the modern churches have just made out to be that, that, hey, we can, we can just, we, we need to be accessible in a, in a way that we bring it all down into the muck and into the mire. Help us, Lord. The, the things that go on nowadays and, and call, calling itself church. People believing that they're, they're preachers like, like the Bible calls a preacher to righteousness. Hey, I want to tell you something. The way is narrow and few there be that find it. Well, let me preach to us a little while because I want to show you another reference here in Acts 27. Paul is a prisoner now. In Acts 27, Paul is uh, ultimately, he knows that he is going to be martyred for the kingdom of God. And his friends, his fellow soldiers in the kingdom of God continuously say, come on, don't, don't go to Rome, Paul. We know, we've heard prophecies, we've heard messages, maybe in tongues and interpretation. We know what's going to happen to you. And he said, I'm ready. I'm ready to do, I want to go where God called me to be. And I'm not going to be intimidated. The Bible says he's on a ship with other prisoners. Acts 27, verse 9. Now when much time was spent... And when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them. Listen, he's a prisoner. He's on this ship. You know, he had a profession coming in not only as a preacher but as a tent maker. But now he's on this ship and he begins to tell those that are in charge. He says, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. Not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Paul said, I've got a feeling about this. Praying man, a man who walks with God, says, I don't know. I, I really don't like how this is looking to me. But, you know, they knew better. Hello? Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. You know, we talk about the fear of the Lord. There's sometimes you tell, tell somebody, hey, I, I'm just not telling you that I've, 
I, I, I can prophesy over you, but I've been praying and I don't feel good about something. You know, you ought to, you ought to just stop and maybe slow down and pray a little bit more. You ought to just really maybe consider. Help us, God. Centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. They had no respect for Paul as a man of God. Because the haven was not commodious to winter in. You know, I've seen that so often as a pastor. You know, I feel like I've been praying about something and I feel like that maybe we ought to just look at this a little bit closer and and I'm not one to just say hey stop right there and and don't but I I, I want to help you see what's best amen but what happened is they said well it's not going to be comfortable it's not going to be commodious to stay the winter in here generally most folks are looking at the easiest way not the will of God amen the more part advised to depart thence and now they're looking at popular opinion can i tell you sometimes the will of god is everything against what's easy for us and more just about trusting god and obeying him the more part advised to depart thence also if by any means they might attain to finice uh, there to winter which is a haven of crete and lieth toward the south west and northwest and when the south wind blew softly how many times have I seen it? Ah, I know better than you. I know better than a preacher. I know better than my, my brother and sister that they say they're praying. And you know what happens sometimes? The devil just sends a little soft, warm wind. See, I knew they didn't know what they're talking about. Everything's just peachy. Supposing they had obtained their purpose, right? Loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete, but... Not long after there rose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. This was uh, a great storm that now they are experiencing. And when the ship was caught, could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. You'll read through this chapter and see day after day after night after night. They lost all hope that they were going to get out of this. The Bible says in verse 41, they fell into a place where two seas met. They ran the ship aground. The forefront, four parts stuck fast, remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. You just let me obey God tonight. They were in a place where two, two ways met. They were two storms. <laughs> they were two battles, if you will. I'm going to tell you what the greatest battle, we, we talked about how Jesus came, God and man met together. The old covenant, the old law, and the New Testament, new birth came together. Heaven's holiness and heaven's righteousness meets with man's sinfulness to save us. But as a child of God, there's going to be a place where two seas meet in your life. And it will be the storm of your life. And that's where God's will meets your will. The place that is going to tear you up the most is where you got to say, okay, God, I know what I want. I know what I like. I know what I feel. But, God, I want your will to be done and not my own. It should not be 
such a battle, but there are times when our flesh is weak. There's times when we are looking and saying, you know what, I, I, I really don't want to give up what I like, what I want. Listen to me. God loves you. He sees your life from before you ever born. He sees where you're going to be, and he knows what's best for you. Amen. You're going to get in yourself a, a storm where two, two seas met. My will and God's will. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to follow God? Are you going to obey God? Amen. Are you going to be stubborn and follow your own way? Help us, Lord, where two seas met. The storm of your life is going to not be caused by the devil. The storm of your life is not going to be what Hollywood does or what the false church does. It's not going to be what what happens in the government. It's going to be what happens in in your mind. And in your heart, when God says, I want to lead you in my will, I've got your best in mind. When you face a place, can you imagine the turmoil? I know the Bible tells us of these great men and women of faith. But can you imagine the turmoil in Abram's mind and in his spirit when God says, sacrifice your only son to me? He was a man, the Bible says in the book of James, of like passions, like you and I. To be able to say, okay, God, this just seemed like everything, but God, I'm I'm giving it to you. Let your will be done. Amen. When you look at men like Daniel that said, I'm going to pray. You can't stop me. Praise God. Daniel didn't want to die. Daniel didn't want to be ripped to pieces by hungry lions. But he is willing to say, you know what, God, not my will, but thine be done. Didn't Jesus give us the greatest example of all to fall on his knees as flesh, to show us our own weakness and cry out and know, hey, I, I don't want to, I don't want to not only suffer and die on a cross and feel that the, the agony of the physical agony, but more than anything to drink of the cup of mankind's sinfulness, to feel on his own soul who knew no sin, to feel every, every foul word, every foul act that you and I and every human being that is ever born on earth is committed, and to drink that into his own soul. And he said, if it were possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, nevertheless. Can I tell you, that's, that's where you got to win that battle. That Gethsemane that every one of us will face. You hear me now. I'm not saying maybe. There's going to come a time when your will starts to rise up. And you hear God's will. You say, oh, not me. I just love God's will. I love I love obeying God. There's going to be a time where God says, here's, here's the cup I want you to drink. And there's going to be a storm where two seas have met. And you're going to feel like one part is stuck and the other part is just falling to being ripped to pieces. And you say, God, I need to pray. Lord, I need to get in this place where Jesus, the Bible says he prayed as where great drops of blood came off his brow of sweat and started to cry out as in, in, in that kind of agony of, of soul and of mind. 
I see too many people in church going through things and you say, hey, how's, are you, are you get, hitting your knees? Are you calling on God? Are you reaching out for his direction? Are you reaching out for his strength? I'm just going what's commodious to me. Hey, listen, fight that battle. Win that battle over your flesh. Win that battle over your will. You'll be so glad you did. Paul talked to them and said, hey, listen, sirs, you've been you've been doing this for I believe it was two weeks. They fought against that storm. And he said, sirs, I want to tell you something. I've been praying and I'm an, I'm a servant of God. And an angel stood by me and told me we're going to be all right. But we got direction now. You didn't listen to me before, but you better listen now. Stay in the ship. Hold on to whatever you got. Amen. There's times when it feels like even in the church things are, are being tore apart. Hold on to something and don't let go. Don't you give up. You're going to battle against your will. You're going to battle against what's easiest. And you're going to have to come to a place where you say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. And I want to, to be able to say, I want your will over mine. It's going to take a prayer meeting. It's going to take kind of prayer meeting that maybe is going to push you a little bit farther into an understanding of obedience. Are you hearing me? God. God takes us to places where he wants us to know. He, he wants us to know. And he wants to know, are you going to. Are you going to serve me? Are you going to obey me? A lot of folks, they do OK until they get to that point in their lives they just float on by and everything's going their way and they feel like man I'm, I'm just as strong christian as anything but when it gets a little different difficult maybe folks in their job or start to look at you and say yeah i, I don't know. they're not asking honest questions they're trying to taking shots at you somebody asks if you're one of them somebody comes around and says it doesn't take all that and you start thinking well this is this is a storm I'm, I'm just going to kind of bow out of. Amen. You know, this salvation is free. This salvation, Jesus paid the price for. It's his blood. It's not anything that we can do. It's not anything we can give. It's not anything we can offer to God. But once we're his, it costs everything. Do you understand that? You don't get to hold on to your will and your life and say, hey, this is my, I'm, I'm, I'm steering the ship now. No, you, God pays the price, but you give him everything. You're a living sacrifice to him. You're bought with a price. Child of God, you got to recognize the fact that, listen, he's good. He's going to take better care of you than you ever took care of yourself. He's got a plan for you better than you can imagine. Exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. His thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts. He's got a blessing in store for you. A life that is fulfilled. Amen. So when you yield to him, we yield to him and give him everything. We're, we're handing it to the one that made us. We're handing it to the one that. Uh, Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. How many times have you talked to somebody? Oh, see, I, I don't. They're, 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 they're arguing with you, but they're not thinking, hey, God's will, God's word, God's, God's plan. 
So they have a lot to say. But you know what? When you stop, lean into your own understanding and say, okay, God, what's your will? What's your will? What's your best? I want to be led by you. Sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes it's just where those two C's met and meet. And you're going to go through some things. But listen to me from somebody who's been through some battles. Some of you that have been through some battles, you can you can say, amen. God's always got the best in store. God's always got a plan that's so much better than our own. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we come to a place in our lives just like this Eurachlodon, this storm. It's bigger than we are. It's more than, than we can handle on our own. It's a battle, not only just trouble and problems, but it's us saying, God, I want to take the easy path. God, I, I don't want to fight a fight. God, I don't want to, I, I don't want any trouble. I'm just going to compromise. I'm going to take a path of least resistance rather than stand for what you stand for. I'm going to pray until I break through my own will. And I know, God, that I am found in your will. And I'm going to submit to you and know that that is what's best. Oh, hallelujah. Can we come and find a place to pray? Lord, we love you, Jesus. Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord. Lord. Greatest battle you're ever going to fight. Not against this world. That's a battle. It's not against the devil. That's a battle. But the greatest battle is when your will is confronted with God's will. And you've got to make up your mind. You've got to make up your mind, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I want your will to be done, God. I want you to have your way. Mold me and make me, God. Shape me, Lord. I wonder if we could just surrender again here today. Maybe you've been in Gethsemane. Maybe you've been in that place where two seas met. That place where your will had to be crushed under God's will. Your will had to be surrendered to God's will. Don't think it can't happen again. Don't think you don't need to take another another trip back to that garden, back to that place. Where you surrender, where you submit. Where you say, God, I yield to you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, I praise you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. 
salvation so full and free. I thank you, Lord, saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, making me whole. Oh, I thank you, Lord, giving to me thy great salvation so full. God lead you. Thank you, Jesus. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Be obedient to God. Oh, hallelujah. Don't be stubborn. Don't limit yourself. I hold on to your will. Do whatever it takes to find a place where God God knows it's His will that you want more than anything else. I thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. I thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation. So Don't ignore that still small voice. Don't ignore that Spirit of God that would lead you, that would give you His His plan, His purpose for your life. They that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. You let God lead you, He's going to bless you. He's going to open the doors to His best will in your life. Devil's always going to try to show you an easier way. Going to show you what you like, what you want. It's what he told Eve. Look at this fruit; it's pleasant to the eyes. It'll make you wise. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let your will be done. Let God's will be done. Oh, I thank you, Lord, saving. Thank you, Lord, making me whole. I thank you, Lord, giving to me thy great salvation, so full and free. Let's all stand and sing it together. your will, Lord. We want your will to be done. God, lead us in your best. Lead us, God. 
Lord, by your spirit, by your word, Lord. Bless your people now, Lord, I pray. Keep us safe as we travel. Lord, use us throughout this week for your glory to shine the light, Lord, of just your goodness. And God, have your way in each one of our homes. And we just give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.